to SOS, aka Success Over Struggles, where you'll discover ways to push through challenges, plus insights from amazing professionals in different career paths and their struggles face. Welcome back to SOS, guys, Success Over Struggles. In this episode, we have Sam Morris, a special guest hopping on. You guys know we're all about that having special guests come on board the show and share some key insights and expertise. So Sam is the founder and CEO of the Unbreakable Man Project. And Sam, it's good to have you here. Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. So uh, on, on this, we wanted to really dive into, uh, you know, your big advocate on mental health and quite uh, an expert in that area. So what made you really ramp into this and, and get into mental health? Um, so first of all, I would say with my personal experience with mental, mental illness myself, like walking through a lot of social anxiety as a kid and looking back, it was also a lot of depression. But then as an adult, I struggled with addiction for 15 years and then coming out of the addiction, the, the addiction was a nice cover up for the social anxiety and the pretty much general anxiety and then, and then the depression too. So when I got rid of the drinking and that stopped in 2012, you know, I had, I knew I had to tackle the social anxiety because I, I was fully aware that was a problem. And I, and I was pretty easy because I was really committed and really willing, but about three years or four years into my sobriety, um, you know, it kind of hit the fan with, I had a great, I was a personal trainer in San Francisco, great, great job, great apartment, not, great not truck. Not a bad great, place to be a personal trainer. No, man, it was real sweet. Like I, uh, I did Equinox for two years and then I went out on my own for two years. But when I went out on my own, um, you know, I just felt gray inside. And I thought, because I was in San Francisco and, you know, it's gray there. Like that's pretty much the norm is like 55 and raining. I was for sure that like that was the problem. San Francisco was a problem. There's never a summer. You know, I, I'm big on sunny weather, warm weather, vitamin D, getting outside, all that stuff. And I just can't do that there. So I made up in my head that, that all these external things were the problem. My girlfriend lived 40 miles away in, in the South Bay by San Jose. And so I was like, well, that's a pain in the butt. And so I, anyways, I made up all these things that were quote unquote wrong. And I didn't ever look at depression. So I, I made this huge change and I moved to Denver because I thought yeah. it was a sunny, it's the sunniest city in America, I think, like 320 days of sun every year. So I was like, well, I'm going to go from this gray San Francisco and go to this sun where like, obviously that's going to fix me. And I get to Denver and the girlfriend leaves and the career takes a hit. And I'm like, well, now I'm uh, twice as miserable and I'm alone in this city. And so, so you, it, moved, you moved, you were basing it mainly on the, the, the seasons, having more. Yeah, I, I was like, I need vitamin D. Okay. Right. I need summer in my life is what I, yeah, I love yeah. to ski too. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big skier. So I'm like, I get sun and I get skiing and I get summer. Like, okay. It's going to be amazing. Right. So I get there and I'm like more miserable than I was in San Francisco. So, you know, this is when it occurred to me that there's obviously something internally that's going on here and it was depression it was just it was an old old story that i was telling myself it was an old wound that i just kept reopening you know by it, honestly it was running around like i would run up and down the east coast in my addiction and then i i ran away from san francisco and i got to denver and i was like well i'm miserable so anyways i moved back to california and um, re resurrected the career a little bit got the girlfriend back and then things settled out but again i was like i know i have to look at this so I just took a real hard, long look at my depression because it's something that I had battled multiple times throughout my life. You know, yeah. previously it was always when alcohol was involved. So I, you know, I chalked it up to addict, like it's one of the side effects of addiction is just, you know, you get depressed. Yeah. And so, you know, no more drinking, no more drugs, but I was still depressed. So I'm like, well, this is 
terrible. So let's figure out what's going on. So normally it's like a three-year deal for me, um, being depressed, like falling into it, dealing with it and coming out of it. And then about three years later, I'm, I'm pretty well out of it. And that, that was my pattern. But I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in three years of depression again. That's just a waste. And so um, I, you know, I, I looked at, I went way back to my childhood and I looked at all these things and I looked at the patterns and I looked at the, the, the what I call always outcomes, like the outcomes I was always getting. Which did, you, did you write this stuff down? Like, yeah, I did a lot of writing. View yeah. it out and say, hey, this is yeah. what I'm going through in the past. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, I did, I read a lot about it and I did a lot of writing about it. And then, you know, when you write, like you can kind of like, then you can pick out the, So I was able to pick out the common thread through all of it which led to my depression, which was the story I was telling myself since I was five, six, seven years old. Interesting. Which is I need to be, yeah, I need to be saved. So I always looked at everybody else, whether that and any, anything else, person, place, or thing. If I, you know, if I move to Denver, I'll be saved. If I drink a shit ton, I'll be saved. If I fall in love with a girl, she'll save me. And so all this stuff led to just complete, always let down, always, you know, unfulfilled, always no purpose, always just like hanging out there. And so when I finally got to the bottom of these things, I, I was able, by getting to the bottom of it, I was able to come out of the depression in three months. So wow. I, from three years down to three months, so I was like, so that was my, that was kind of my shift from personal training, which was awesome. And I love it. I still, it's still a big part of my life and a big part of what I do with my clients. Yeah. But um, I really realized that like, I need to help guys beyond fitness. Like fitness is great and it's a great tool and it really does a lot for mental health. But if I can help these guys unlock the stories that are holding them back, that are keeping them depressed, that are keeping them anxious, that are you know, keeping them from massive connection in their relationships, you know, great sex life, great intimacy, great connection, great purpose, all this stuff that blocks these guys, you know, I can keep them from getting addicted. I can keep them from going down that path of severe alcoholism or you know, suicide. So that's kind of what got me to yeah. um, what I do now. I like, I like that you brought up uh, this sequential pattern uh, the, the pattern that took effect for you of three years, then it would stop. Then all of a sudden it would come back again. And yep. I think uh, a lot of our listeners, myself included, even uh, can relate to that. You know, you're going through depression or maybe it's another form of mental health and you realize like, how do I, how do I cope with this? How do I get over it? So I, I do want to ask like, what was that pivot, piv, uh, pinnacle moment for you that was like, Oh, all right. So this is yeah. why. So the pinnacle moment was, um, you know, I, I had to identify that story, but I, cause the thing about it is, is like with depression, the reason that I would, you know, have that three year cycle is because what happens is you get depressed and then you can't get out of bed. You can't work out. You don't eat right. You know, you're, you're basically a, a shell of who you really are. So what you do is what I would do. And what a lot of people do is treat the symptoms. Can't get out of bed, just get out of bed. You know? And so you get, so what happens when you treat the symptoms is it's surface level. It's like, it's like when you treat like someone that always has migraine headaches, for example, you know, like there's the, there's a, a huge nutritional component to any kind of headache or illness, like a damaged immune system. People always will just like, if you get a headache, take Tylenol or take Advil. You know, if you yeah. get, if you get a cold, take NyQuil, whatever it is, it's just, it's all it is, is treating the symptoms. So, you know, those things are actually pretty tangible, getting a cold and feeling better. Like you actually see a difference there. With mental health, it's, it's really not that tangible, like kind of like air, right? Like you just can't, you can't put it, you know, it's there and you know, it, it, it's affecting you, but you can't put a finger on it. So what I, what I figured out was that, you know, I need to stop. All I would do is I, so I would treat the symptoms 
And then it would take, you know, I'd be in enough pain for 18 months or two years. And I'd treat the symptoms and it would take six or nine months to get out of it. After treating the symptoms, they'd die away. But you know, it's, if, you, if you only treat the symptoms, like the people with the cold or the headaches, if you only treat the headaches and the cold all the time, you're never addressing the systemic issue, which is the nutrition, you know, the intestinal, like the gut, right? You're not, you're not ever getting to the root of the problem. You're not changing the yeah. lifestyle to, to change the headaches. You're just treating, you're, you're basically whack-a-mole with, with depression. So I was, I was playing whack-a-mole with my depression every three years. And so when I finally was like, I'm done, I'm done with this cycle, you know, I, I, I recognized that I was, all I was doing is treating the symptoms. Like I would, it would, life would get just good enough. And just good enough is the ultimate killer of any progress because what good enough means is like, I'm good enough that I'm not in pain anymore, but I'm not nearly as well as doing as well as I could be doing. But it's such a, the, the framework is such that when you, when you get out of pain, like when you're in pain, the, the aim is to just get out of pain. So when you get out of pain, you think you're good but really there's extra steps that you need to take. So I was willing, I became willing to take these extra steps to actually get to the root of my problems because I recognized that I would always treat these symptoms and I recognized, and once I figured out the patterns, it became clear that all I would ever do would, would be, I would get well enough. So then the well enough would last two or three or four years mm -hmm. and then I would, something would happen like uh, lose a job or lose a girlfriend or move or some kind of life event would happen and I would just get immediately thrown back into the depression because the systemic issue hadn't been treated yet the root of the problem had never been addressed mm. that's interesting I, and you bring up a good point the root of the problem hadn't been addressed yeah. so that constant roller coaster ride right that's on, on that issue and now let's let's move forward in into what you were talking about how you now have really shifted uh you know still doing the fitness but now really helping assist a lot of us overcome this challenge of mental health in uh, the area of depression. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are some key tips you can provide some of the listeners for you? So the, the main, the, I can give you the, the kind of the 30,000 foot view of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, uh, and I'll, I'll give you a few, uh, a few tools that I use as well. Um, what I do is I, you know, a guy comes to me and like, you know, they recognize they're struggling they recognize like what they're experiencing in this moment is not ideal. And whatever that looks like, it's super personal. So there's no one person that experiences mental health the same way or mental illness the same way. So a guy will come to me like, hey, I'm struggling. Like I, my relationship is struggling. My career is struggling. You know, I just have these blocks. And so the first thing is always, always, always get real clear about what is actually happening right now. And you don't even have to define it as good or bad. Let's just get the facts about what's going on right now. You know, I'm in my job, this is my experience. In my relationship, this is my experience currently. Not ideal, yeah. not past. Like this is what I'm actually in the moment. In, in the real time, yeah. what's going on. And then then finally, and then you're like, okay, this is so I, we know this. Like this is factual. We can write it down. We can see it. We're experiencing it. We know what it is. From there, let's work backwards. And I take it into I take it into uh, life sections, which I call them is uh, zero to seven years old when all of our core beliefs are established. Mm. seven to about 18 or basically the kind of when you go away to college age, that's the reinforcement of the core beliefs with experience. So whatever we believed in zero to seven, whatever our core beliefs were, now we go out into the world, quote unquote, and we start to look for experiences that reinforce those beliefs. So basically you're driving so, home. A, go ahead. Sorry. So reinforcing from seven to so zero to seven is when we like we're, yeah. we're we're theta we're in theta way theta brain waves all the time like basically everything that happens to us we 
okay. filing it away and establishing these beliefs. So then, you know, it's subconscious because it's theta. But what happens is like now they're programmed, they're imprinted in us. So gotcha. now we kind of like leave the nest, quote unquote. We don't really leave the nest, but from age seven to again, like when you kind of go out on your own, you're in the house, but you're you're you know, you're experiencing other kids, you're experiencing, you know, later in teenage years relationships, you're experiencing friendships that fall apart. And all these things, like say say your story, your core belief is I don't matter because you're something happened with your parents where they like, you know, you wanted to, you wanted to snuggle one night and they were like, no, this is, you know, you can't come into our room tonight. And so then from, you decided at that moment, I don't matter enough. So now you have that core belief and you take that with you into friendships, you take that with you into relationships. And so the minute something goes haywire in relationship, whether that's a friend or a girlfriend or whatever, you go to, I don't matter. And then from there, that point on, all that you're doing is you're, you're basically subconsciously mm -hmm. looking for experiences in your life to reinforce that belief because you want to be right. Because right ah, is safe. I love that. I love you yeah. pointed that out because that's so true. We always, uh, all of us do it. We all want yeah. to be right. And so we look for that validation going through the past or, or certain experiences. Yeah, um, because, you know, if we, if we like, oh, I don't matter. Of course, obviously, I don't matter. So that's why that happened. It's a nice, it's a nice, it throws us into the victim, but it's also very comfortable for us because we have a reason why the girl left us. Because, oh, it's because I don't matter. Like, simple. Mm -hmm. Right. So then, so these are, that, that's the second group is, you know, seven to 18 or 18 or 19. And then from college through um, leaving college is like 18 to 25. Look at that. Cause there's some, like, when you leave the house the first time, or you kind of like really going out on your own quote unquote adulthood, you know, you really do you, you, again, you go through another cycle of reinforcing all these beliefs. So now they're getting really hardened in like neural pathway hardened in like this is a program now. And so then from 25, when you kind of leave college and you actually start your career, basically until the guy comes to me. So that could be 25 to 35, 45, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then it's just repeated outcomes. Like every, if you look at it, like getting fired from a job and a girl breaking up with you are the same outcome. But it all goes back to, oh, I, you know, I left the job because I didn't matter enough. It wasn't because I didn't perform well or because, you know, I was a complete asshole and never showed up to work on time. Like it wasn't any of that. It was because I don't matter. So that's easy. It's an easy out. But what you're doing is you're keeping yourself in this thing, in this box, in this cycle. And then when it comes time to like, after enough times, after enough repeated outcomes of, of pain and getting beat down, you know, this is terrible. Why do I keep experiencing this? You, you get to the point where it's like, let's fix this. And so that's when the guys get to me. And so we look back at, we look back and we pick out, I'd say of all those periods, probably five to eight there's five to eight big events that people kind of focus on that bring with them and they all tie back to the core belief, right? All these experiences, these events, like I don't matter ties back. So you can pretty much determine the person's story by the way their life has unfolded for the past mm -hmm. 35, 45 years. Mm -hmm. So from there, and this, this all happens within 10 days, maybe two weeks of, of working together. I don't, I don't like to spend a lot of time here because honestly, there's no reason to keep reliving it. But once we figure out the patterns, then what we can do is we, we now have an interrupt. We have a built-in pattern interrupt. So now going forward, what do you want in a year, three, five years? What do you want? What do you want in your job? What do you want out of a girlfriend? What do you want out of a wife, kids, whatever it is? Let's build that life. And in real time, as we build towards that, let's remove these patterns. Let's interrupt these patterns and reprogram your brain. So that's, that's kind of the overall process that I use. Um, that's a really um, beneficial process. I and thanks for yeah. diving into that for us all uh, to get a good key understanding where we need to really start kind of mapping out and how, how to go about that in a sense. Um, you know, you and 
pushing into this this area of of expertise it's been mm-hmm. fantastic and thanks for sharing all of that too yeah, of course my pleasure i'm glad i'm happy to share um what what we'll do you know we'd love to potentially have you again basically this uh this episode is a is a good taste a good ice you know tip of the iceberg let's dive into it on depression yeah and then go from there but sam it's seriously been a pleasure having you on sos uh diving into this with all of us you guys out there uh we we really appreciate you and what i wanted to mention too is sam where can we find you where can we find you guys yeah, so um, Instagram, I'm, I'm active on Instagram, and that is um, the Unbreakable Man Project, at the Unbreakable Man Project on Instagram. On LinkedIn, I'm super active on there, too. Just my name, Sam Morris. My website is www.themanunbreakable.com. And if you want to shoot me an email, info at themanunbreakable.com. There you go, guys. Uh, I would highly recommend reaching out to him, especially if you're in that area category of you know mental health, trying to get breakthrough barriers when it comes to depression and go follow him. So you guys have a wonderful day. Continue to push through your struggles towards success and we'll see you later.